Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys and gals, Todd Helms here with another episode of the Wingman Podcast. And I've got Wade Shoemaker on with me today. How's it going, Wade? It's good, Todd. It's good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we... uh, We've had a chance to have to have worked together a little bit on and off the last couple of years building wingmen. You've been a pretty regular content contributor for us, which I really appreciate. And uh, you know, I think folks when they hear that name, they're like, I've heard that name before. Where how do I know that? I think that probably ties into a lot of your photography work and stuff that you do. Tell us, Wade, tell us a little bit about what, what you do in the off season or during hunting season and how you kind of turned your, your passion into a, a way to, you know, a little more than just going hunting every now and then. Yeah. Uh, man, you know, it kind of, was kind of weird. It started out. It was just kind of like a, uh, I was the guy holding the hunt up after it was over for about an hour trying to take photos with an iPhone six. <laughs> and, uh, you know that, and I'll be honest, I'd still have that phone if it didn't crap out on me. But that's not what we're talking about. But um, no, I, I did. I held the hunt up, and then I realized that that phone can only do so much. And man, I I ended up getting like a GoPro after the iPhone six, and I thought I had arrived. I thought that it gets no better than having a GoPro to do video and 12 12 megapixel photos out of it um and then i realized real quick that the gopro wasn't what i wanted and um i ended up getting a camera from a friend of mine and he sent it to me and he was like hey if you want it send me the money if you don't just send it back i used it for two days i sent him the money um two months later opening day of duck season i drowned that camera on the opening day, I, uh, I had it on a tripod and I was, I was photographing or whatever, but about halfway through the hunt, I realized that I wanted to go take a photo and I couldn't find my camera. And anyway, long story short, I, I blamed every single person in the hunting party for, for playing a joke or, you know, just something mean on me. And turns out they weren't playing a joke at all, had zero idea that I actually could not find my camera. And it turns out that more than likely, I kicked my tripod over in the water and didn't uh, realize it. Yep. So I found it because it was only like knee deep water. I found the tripod, picked it up, poured the camera out, and uh, just sulked the rest of the hunt. Um, I bet. But anyway, dude, it was rough. Um, but anyway, I realized right then, I was on the boat ride out as I was sulking with my friends around me, um, that it was going to be more than a hobby. And it had to be more than a hobby. It needed to be more than a hobby. And I scrapped together some money. I bought a used camera off of B&H. And, man, that was, I don't know what, you can't remember what year that was, but that's what started it. Um, I had to drown a camera to figure out that I needed to have one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy. I, I, don't, I never saw it going that way, but it did. Um, I had some stereotypes of men that were photographers growing up and they did not include, um, duck hunters. So sure. that was, that, that was a revelation to me that, 
that people could be, uh, for lack of a better term, could be masculine and and uh, take photos, you know? Um, right, right. But anyway, I grew up in a small town. There's, you know, very few guys that do that. So it was a weird thing for me to realize that I wanted to. Um, but yeah, and that, that's what started it. And I've been full time now for a little over three years. And man, it's been... It's been an interesting ride, Todd. It is. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I bet. Well, that's, you know, and, and that's part of where when we started, I think when we fired up wingmen, it was about the same time you were firing up being full-time as yeah. a, you know, as a photographer. I think it we're was. four, I think we're four years in this year um, yeah. into this project. And, you know, we were able to work together quite a bit. We've used quite a bit of your photographs, but, I mean, I've seen your photographs everywhere from Ducks Unlimited magazine to ads. I mean, what when people are out looking around and they see the name Wade Shoemaker, where are they going to see those photos? Uh, man, I mean, I really just do more of like as far as you mean like my personal stuff, like where can they find that? Or do you mean like where are they going to see them at and the public? Well, both. Well, I mean, man, it's it's pretty random as far as the public goes. I mean, it's uh I want to say I've got some in Delta. I've had some in Wildfowl. I've had some in Ducks Unlimited. Uh, ads, of course, you know, here and there. But it's it's really random. I mean, there's no like set course for that. I don't have, I don't, I don't have like a a calendar full of. Uh, hey, right. okay, my photo comes out here at this time. <laughs> um, you know, that'd be weird. If you have that, don't take offense, but that would be weird if I did. So right, um, right. Well, and I know I know dealing with the the big game side of things here. Because Eastman's is our parent company, you know we have the hunting journals, the bow hunting journal, pretty good sized media company. That I'm always dealing with photographers, and from the editor's position of of that magazine, yeah, um, always working with contributing photographers. And yeah, it's I I think one of the things that I don't think people realize when they pick up a camera, like you're saying, you know, you picked it up and then you realized, wow, this is more than this is more than just a hobby this is something yeah. that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I, I think I want to do this full time. And, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a way that there, there's so many, there's, it's crazy to me when I think about it and I talk to different people from all over that everybody ends up for the most part, successful people find a niche, yep. you know, they, they find what it is they love to do. And they either figure out a way to make money doing exactly that or a way that's pretty closely related to it. Yep. And they make it more than, more than a hobby. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a career. And they, I don't know, man, I, I look at yeah, what I do with here with wingmen and, and what I get to do through the Eastman side of things. And it's like, I never saw that coming. Ne- never, no. never in a million years did I see that coming. And no. all of a sudden, Guess what? This English degree and teaching and all this stuff. And the next thing yeah. I know, it's like, well, holy smokes. Yeah. And I, you were I, still I teaching. You were still teaching when you started Wingman, when Wingman started, weren't you? Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, wa- I right. was. And then right. the editor's desk position came open at Eastman's and that allowed me to focus full time up here and really start devoting, really kind of grow working on growing wingmen bigger and bigger and bigger and playing with different projects. And and we're still obviously growing. Like I'm sure you're still growing with what you want to do. You're probably 
look at down you where you want to be down the road and you're like i'm not quite there yet but i'm getting there uh, you know yeah yeah you're right it's you and the good thing i think the good it, it's a good thing it's a scary thing it's a it could be you know i guess dangerous depending on how you look at it but i like i think the the way people become more successful in this in this specific business and you can say you can spread that across any really but is like to always when you look down the road to see where you're you want to be that you always see somewhere else that you want to be and not where you're at um right you know i'm not saying that where you're at's not you know and i say where you meaning me and everybody else where, right where we're where we're at isn't like a good place to be but it's never a good thing to be okay because once you get that that complacency you you sometimes go backwards and yeah. that's when you you know it doesn't work out anymore and you've got to figure something um but yeah i didn't i didn't mean to just throw that out there but it hit me and i had to say it so no i i'm um, glad you did because that's kind of what i was that's kind of what i was driving at too is it's like if if you have if you have a dream if you have a passion and there's a feasibility of turning it into something you can make a living at yep that's not a bad way to go you know no. I hear people all the time, well, follow your heart, follow your passion. It's like, yeah, but yeah, if your heart's leading you into underwater basket weaving and there's not a market for that, yeah, yeah, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna you struggle. But if there's a mark there's a market for for high quality waterfall photography, you yeah. know, there's a market for it. You can make a living at it if you work hard, if you push and become successful and I don't know, you, Wade, you make it sound easy, man. Like, oh, I'm just this Louisiana boy, you know, yeah. I picked up a camera one day. But you're very talented. You're very good at what you do. And that doesn't come overnight. That comes with hard work and dedication and paying attention. And that's why we see you in Ducks Unlimited. That's why we see you in Wildfowl. You know, that's why you wrote a blog for us back in, my goodness, 2016, 2017, called yeah, I am or am I a waterfowler and that's yeah. still one of our most popular blogs to date that's wild yeah it's that's it's wild. It, it, it's a great blog but it's one of those things that yeah it, if you push if you dedicate you push yeah. you find something you love it's amazing how successful you can you can be in the long run and yeah. I don't know I, I I just I just recorded a podcast with Brandon Trentham last week yeah yeah, yeah. And, and kind of the same deal, man. He's kind of doing a lot of similar things as you, as far as a little bit of photography. Brandon, Brandon writes quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he's and he's, he's involved with um, that more than a calling um, yeah. devotional series, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. But it struck me as you guys are, you guys are both guys that have a passion saw it saw a saw room for it and chased it down and are hunting it down every single day and bringing it home and i, I really respect that i, I really <laughs> do and, and i and i love talking with you guys i love love the fact that when i called you up you're like yeah i'd love to do a podcast I, it's, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate yeah, that yeah, absolutely man thank you for for letting me oh oh yeah so we were talking a little bit before the before the whole thing started about you know where we wanted to go with this and want to talk hunting. Um, sure. Obviously, obviously, I think that's what our that's what our audience wants to hear. You know. Yeah. I know that you got obviously you've got some phenomenal duck hunting down there where you're at. 
Um, what's it looking like so far? You guys got good conditions for your for the birds headed your way this year? I mean, what do you got? It's, what What are you thinking? Man, I think it's kind of up in the air, which I think most everybody in the country is not sure how it's going to go because of the border issue. But right, um, you know, we we had high water um, the last two years. We've had plenty of water during season. Right. Um, and last year, water got perfect towards the end of the year. And then it just kept going up. Um, so we're just now getting our river, like where my immediate area is just now getting back to, um, I'll call it pool stage. It's not pool stage, but just, you know, your regular river levels. Um, so I'm not sure how that, how that's going to affect. Um, it went, we went all summer with all our wood still underwater, which is wow. a long time. But that being said, um, everything looks good. We've got, we've had good rain. We haven't really been through a drought like we do during the summer. Usually like we usually have a, like a two or three week of no rain and dry. And I just, everything looks good on the water. A lot of vegetation, a lot of food, uh, everywhere you look. So as long as the birds make it here, we'll be okay. Um, which has been our struggle the last little bit, man, they just, you know, they don't, they haven't really had a big reason to get down here. Uh, the weather's not pushing them down like it used to. They've got plenty of food um, above us, and that's fine. We just, we really need a good blizzard to blow them out of Missouri and Arkansas to get them down here. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as habitat, man, we're set. We're, we're good to go um, as long as the, the water cooperates when it's time and as long as the birds get down here when it's time. Um, man, we're, we're set up for success. We just got to hope they make it. Right. Right. Now, do you guys have, I mean, you obviously have pretty good population resident populations of teal and wood ducks and things like mm -hmm. that. I mean, how, how hard do you guys end up leaning on, on, on those in your early seasons? Uh, really? I don't, I had this conversation with a guy yesterday and he, he kind of joked because I didn't, I don't really care to go hunt wood ducks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, and I, there's nothing wrong with them. I think they're one of the prettiest birds that, that are in our country, but I grew up with them and man, they're, they're all around me. They're easy. They're, they're just, they're a common duck for me, I guess. So I don't really go after them, but, um, I'm not prejudiced. If they fly, if they fly in, while I'm, hunting, I'm going to shoot them. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I just don't chase them. But as far as the teal, um, Man, that's it, it. Depends on where the water's at. If the, if the water's in the in the fields or in the the bigger the bigger ponds and lakes or potholes, whatever you want to call them, um, we shoot them. You know, uh, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, we really do. The guys that I run around with, we go after mallards more than anything. Right. Um, we just we're too hard headed to to sit back and and realize that unless you're in the 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 exact spot you need to be that the mallards are few and far between early season. Sure. Um, they're here now you can kill them and people do. And we have, it's just, if you want, if you want to shoot a lot of ducks, you should go after those teal and those, those wood ducks. We just, to be honest, man, we just, we like to shoot mallards and we like, you know, or, or I'll say mallards. We like to shoot decoy and birds. So right. if they can, if they can backpedal into the decoys, that's what we want to shoot. Yep. No, I hear you there. It's, we face the same thing out here, you know, um, and it's funny to say that because it's, we're so much further north than Wyoming's a lot further north than Louisiana, but it's the same, you know, our birds come from Canada 
And if they stall out in, if we don't have nasty weather, they stall yep. out in Mon- they stall out in Montana, you know, yeah. and they they don't have to be very far north of us, and we just don't see them, and yeah. or at least in the numbers that you really want to, you know, you're looking oh, yeah. for those massive tornadoes of three to five thousand mallards mm-hmm. in a cornfield in January, and it's like that hasn't happened last year. We had I had yeah. we had one day where we found it, and there was the there was two days left in the season. We got a little bit of weather during the week and it pushed a bunch of mallards in and I found they, but they were vampire ducks, man. Yeah. yeah. They were like, they were feeding all night long and they didn't hit the fields. They wouldn't hit the field at all during the day. And if, and when they did, it was at last light and it was after shooting. It was after legal shooting hours. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting on this cornfield last year. This is, you know, second to the last day. This is the middle of January and I know who owns the field. I just got to go get go chat with them and see if I can get permission. And these ducks are tornadoing, and I mean, ten thousand mm-hmm. mallards are tornadoing into this cornfield. And there's big square. Uh, they they bailed the corn stalks, mm-hmm. and so there's big square corn stalk bales. And I'm like, oh wow, I'm not even. We're you don't even set up a blind, man. You just go no. kneel. You just go hunker down next to one of those and shoot birds. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. But I'm thinking Sunday was the Sunday was the last day and this is Friday night. And I'm like, Saturday's supposed to be beautiful. Sunday's supposed to be crappy. And I'm like, yeah. I need a blizzard. I need snow to make these birds fly during the day. Right. Yeah. Went and talked to the landowner, got permission. But he's like, I can't let you hunt on Sunday. Um, there was, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was some sort of a deal where we couldn't hunt the field on Sunday. Yeah. Got up Saturday morning, looked around, bright sunshine. It's like 35 degrees, bright sunshine oh. all day long. Yeah. Went back and I'm like, that was the last day of season. It was, I went, well, we went and did something <laughs> else and we killed some birds, but it was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, you know? Yeah. But we're, it's the same way, you know, early, you know, and we're so, we're so big game oriented out here in the West that our early part of our duck season, a lot of, not a lot of guys hunt it. And we do have, if you, in, in the right places where you get in these marshes or some of these places where there's ha- actual habitat for ducks and it's teal and it's shovelers and it's, yeah um, gaddies and handful of widgeon and a, a few, a mallard here and there, you know, we filmed a, we filmed one, an episode a couple of years back called opening day and we got yeah. into a flooded cornfield, which mm-hmm. never happens out here. <laughs> I mean, that's like once in a blue moon there was an irrigation issue that happened to flood a low spot in this guy's corn and oh, he was man. like yeah not you guys can about it. yeah not at all <laughs> and we we crushed them you know but it was like teal and it's ducks that we don't get the rest of the season totally different birds so mm. i completely, i completely get it because we're we're pretty mallard oriented out here in the, late in the season you know you might shoot a you may shoot a pintail here and there, and there's some widgeon floating around. And those little green wing or those little green wing teal are pretty tough. They 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 tend to we get a few of those that stay all winter long too. But and then of course the diving the diving ducks guys come out here and hunt those hunt the golden eyes and stuff like that because they don't get them back home. But yeah, I get it. Well, I get it, man. It's 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 interesting because it's you kind of take what you can get. Like you said, any, anything that's going to decoy on those, those first few weeks of season, it's like, bring it on. 
<laughs> oh, dude. And, you know, like, it was, I've hunted the Central Flyway a lot more in the last few years. Sure. Or I've been in it. Um, that's where, I, the bulk of my season, the last two years, have been, has been in Texas. More, that's I, I've what been I in thought. Texas more than I've been in Louisiana. Yeah. And, man, that's a different world. Like, you know, duck, you know, you think ducks are ducks, birds are birds, whatever. But, man, it's a different world over there. Um, just the scenes are different, and the, the, the way you hunt them isn't necessarily different, but it's where, like, it's where you hunt them. Like there's, you, there's little ponds in the middle of these fields and you're just like, they call them tanks in Texas and, uh-huh. um, you know, in Oklahoma, all these other places have them, but it's places that you wouldn't like here at home. You would, you wouldn't be like, no, I'm not, there's no way we're hunting that. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, cause the birds, I mean, I've never, you wouldn't see birds on it, you know, not here. And, and we go over here and you can shoot across the whole thing. And it's the only water, within you know however however many miles is the next one right and and man i mean you throw out some decoys and and they come in and you're shooting them at you know eight or ten yards right and the pond is only like 60 yards across shooting with 20 Um, 20 gauges and 28 gauges and stuff yeah i mean most people have 12s but right (laughs) a lot of the clients come in with 12s and you know some of them come in with 20s but it, I mean, a lot of the guides, they don't want to hunt with anything but a 20 gauge, you know? You can't, and you can't blame them. I mean, no, if, you're shooting, no. if you're shooting ducks inside of 20 yards, why not? Yep. You know? And, but anyway, they, they bring them in. I mean, they just come in like crazy. And then the other side is even, you know, geese are, or you got all, every single bird just about you want to shoot is in that flyway. And it, it's just weird, man. It, it's super weird being there. And then, Last year was a tough year for the Central Flyway. If you were south of, uh, south of, if you were Central Oklahoma and down, it was, it was a little bit rough. Um, some everybody still had decent years, but a lot of geese. And I, I'm bringing this up because of what you said about Montana. Um, a lot of the geese got hung up in Southern Kansas, Northern Oklahoma. Sure, um, sure. The, the, it just that's where the snow line was, and that's where they stayed. They, I mean, stayed there. You know. Yeah. They only go as far. They only go as far as they have to, you know. And if they got food and open water, yep, that's it. And it takes for us. In it takes Montana to get buried in snow, because yeah. it's it and it's the they'll. I mean, they can. You'll have ten thousand geese on a football sized piece of water. I mean, it mm-hmm. in those rivers. There's always some place where they're open, and yeah. those geese are like, yeah, I'm good. But if they can't get to food easily, that snow gets deep. That's mm-hmm. when we get birds, and last year was rough. I know exactly what you're talking about about that central yeah. flyway because we're on the western edge of that central flyway. Oh, In fact, yeah. half of the western part, the western part of the state of Wyoming, is a Pacific flyway, and okay. so it kind of divides. And it was we saw it too. I mean, it was it was like I think I think at the end of the season there were still birds in Saskatchewan. Yeah. You know, in southern Saskatchewan, if they can find water and they can get food, they're good. Oh, geese, geese and mallards are tough, man. That I've learned. I've got a buddy um, from Bozeman area, and I mean, they're shooting negative thirty. They're still shooting birds. Oh yeah. You know, and I'm like, he's like, well, it sucks, you know, because it's cold. But aside from that, we're still beating up birds if we can find them. And, right. I mean, there there's plenty around to shoot, and I'm I can't. It's hard for me to fathom that birds will sit in that that kind of cold and i'm down here praying for like a 22 degree morning you know like <laughs> god please get cold and, 22 degrees you know, is a heat wave for us during duck season 
Hey, I'm going to tell you, if it would if it would sit about 22 degrees every now and then, I'd be happy. But I don't think we've seen anything under. You know, it might have gotten 25 or so down here the last couple of years one time. Wow. And, you know, but well, it's crazy because before that, I'll say probably three, three or four years ago, I, I, the, I, the first year I got my boat, I remember I, I just took I drugged that sucker everywhere. I mean, I was I was giddy about it and we right. went everywhere. Anyway, we hunted this this public land in Arkansas and it was um, it was eight degrees that morning, which and when I say Arkansas, I mean, like just over the like, like we weren't far north. In, in that's, Arkansas. We were in that's, Arkansas. That, that's that damp cold. That's cold. Bud, buddy, I'm going to tell you, it was eight degrees. And the wind was blow. It was like a negative one windshield, okay. And y- your boy is not built for that, okay. Like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not used to it. And 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 I got I got another buddy of mine that is built for that, but ain't. Used yeah, you to don't, it. Wade. You don't have a lot of emergency calories around your middle, man. I ain't, I ain't got none, okay. And, <laughs> and, and I'm I'm okay with that most of the year until it gets real, you know. And I'm like, God, I should have ate that honey bun. But there you we, <laughs> man, you know. So we're sitting there, and I'm I'm driving my boat, and and we had to break the ice to get in. It was probably an inch thick, and I'm not used to that either. We've done it, but not this serious, you know. I'm like, man, this this might get interesting. So we we launched the boat. It's me and uh, two of my buddies. Uh, one guy I've known since kindergarten another guy i've known since i was probably 22 or 24 or something like that anyway we launched the boat and we're going well my buddy is the big guy he's he's a couple hundred plus you know and he's on the front and and he's on the front of the boat so we can have a little more ump when we hit the ice there you go and and hey (laughs) we got there and he stands up and he's a big old he's like he's six three six four probably 260 Big boy, yeah. Oh, big boy. And, dude, he stands up out of the boat. And when he stands up, you just look at and there's ice from his eyebrows all the way down his jacket. Like, <laughs> everything hit him and refroze to him. Yes, <laughs> sir. standing there blinking. It was hilarious. But, <laughs> you know, when, I, oh, man. But it was funny. And, you know, like, we had to break ice to hunt and we had to keep breaking the ice up and it wasn't sheet right. ice that kept freezing. It, it started getting thick yep. and I haven't had to do that much down here ever. Um, anyway, so we went from that to, you know, and it, there was hardly any water anywhere. So that was one reason everything froze up, but, but we went from something like that to now we're like, you know, struggling to get, you know, in the, in the low twenties. Um, sure. It's just weird, man. I, I, um, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter really how cold it is here. It matters above us. But you do like that optimistic feeling of cold weather in your face when you hit the river, you know. Um, it's Yeah, it's the same thing here. The hunting is the best when it when we're – when it's cold. You know, when it's yeah. – and, and it can get too cold. It can get to the point where Absolutely. it's – You know, if, if, if I've got negative, you know, much below, you know, zero, I'm probably not looking at river hunts. You know, I'm, I'm probably looking at trying to find a field someplace. Nice thing is when it's that cold, those birds got to feed Yeah, and they'll feed all day long. If it's that cold in, in whether it's geese or mallards. And that's pretty much what we're looking at by the time it gets that cold. Like I said, right. there's a few birds mixed in a few different ducks mixed in for the most part. You're that's what you're looking at. But those yeah. rivers are any body of water here that stays open. Obviously it's a river. And yep. so that's what, that's what we're hunting. 
and it you get 20 below or colder in a river and you're you're flirting with disaster you know you go down you go down going out to get a bird or just decoys um your dog that's dangerous for your dog you're trying to keep a dog dry and warm in those temps Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, we're not hunting, we're not hunting out of established blinds. We're hunting out of stuff we've scrambled together, or we're hunkered down <laughs> in the brush. So, you know, it's 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 kind of gorilla duck hunting, if you will. Sure. You know, in extreme temps. That was yeah. we had we hit, we did a little hunt with Jim Sobeer from Sitka uh, yeah. last year, and it was the the temps were brutal. They were mm-hmm. they were they were brutal, and at least the first day, and we were laughing about you know that's that's the especially like he was saying he's like that's the time he loves to hunt the most because that's obviously when he gets to put the most stress on the equipment that he's designing yeah you know and see does this stuff really work or what do i need to do here to tweak this or fix that and yeah it's i know what you mean but but that that cold when it's eight degrees where you guys are that's a whole different type of cold because we get out here and it's you know it's zero most mornings when we set up in January and February, you're looking at zero or single digits, and I'm yeah. literally like wearing a hoodie. And that's well, see, I mean that's it because so, part of part of it is I'm carrying more calories around my middle than Wade Shoemaker does. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man! But the other part of it is it's dry. It's dry yeah, out here. Yeah. And yeah, 20 man, below out here will feel like 10 degrees where you live. You know, I'll tell you, it's, it's wild. I went to, um, we stayed in Oregon. We hunted in California. This was a couple years back. I went with, uh, Matt Seidel from, uh-huh. Rx, yep. and, uh, we hunted, uh, Matt Brimmers who basically toted us around. And, uh, anyway, we were out there and we had hunted, uh, we hunted public land for two or three days. And then we went and hunted some, some geese in a place that I will not, uh, disclose, but there you go. That a boy. I, I, I have to, but anyway, so we, uh, we went through this mountain pass, I guess is what you call them. I don't know. We don't have those down here. And <laughs> we went, we went through this thing and we were in, I don't, I, can't, I think we were in Matt's truck. We could have been in a rental. I don't remember, but we're rolling and I see like, you know, the, the temperature starts going down like that, you know, tick, sure. tick, 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 tick. And I'm watching this, this temperature gauge on the vehicle going, man, it's still going down. And it hit like three degrees. I'm like, I can, I can do this. I've hunted the, the coldest hunt I'd ever been to on, on that at that point was negative two. You're psyching yourself up. Oh, dude, I'm, I no, I'm getting real with myself. <laughs> and that thing, hey, that, that temperature gauge said negative eleven. And nice. I looked at Matt, I looked at both Matt, Sidell and Bremer. I said, hey, if it stays like this, y'all can have it. I'll be in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here, and I mean, like, we, we, we go out, we gather mountain pass, and it starts going back up, you know, so it's like almost 10 degrees. And I'm like, okay, I can handle this. Like, sure. when you hit double digit negatives, we got we to gotta talk. And <laughs> we, get, we get out there, and man, it's 10 degrees, and I've got all these clothes on, and, and I start, like, you know, helping with whatever they allow me to help with because right. obviously I don't do this a lot. And, uh, Anyway, and then I'm running around taking pictures, and right before sun comes up, I'm sweating. Yes. And I'm like, Jesus, man, this this ain't 10 degrees. Like, if you right. want 10 degrees, come to Louisiana. Exactly. Um, exactly. But it, it, was, it was a different world, you know. And um, that first hunt in Kansas, I was with a, uh, 
a guy named Chase Buckman. He owns a thing called Cuvera Valley Outfitters. Okay. And back then it was called Cut Them Close. You know, that he rebranded sure. it, thankfully. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it was the first hunt, first hunt ever. And I'm in Kansas, and we're driving through Dallas to get to this place, and an Arctic blast is coming south. And I've never, first of all, never driven in real snow. And, and me and, we're, we're driving down in the, like through Dallas during rush hour. There's hardly any vehicles on the road. There's more in the ditch than there is on the pavement. Sure. And we're going. And anyway, we get up there, and uh, we're hunting this field right behind the lodge. And it's, you know, he's like, oh, it'll be negative two in the morning. And we get out there, and I've got, I, dude, we wore our waders in the layout blinds. Because we, we, we was like, no, this is, this is going to suck. Right. And anyway, by like 7, 8 a.m., we're stripping clothes because it's not cold anymore. Right. You know? Right. And we're right. like, man, that's when I realized, like, the difference between dry, dry and wet, cold. Yes. Like, that was absolutely. Like, yeah, everybody, I mean, everybody here teases me because I'm, where I grew up, I grew up, like, pretty much Canada, you know, I mean, I was yeah. in as far north in Michigan as you can go pretty much and in the upper peninsula and it, it's cold. Um, we, we got tons and tons of snow. I mean, our duck season in effect was pretty much done. Like our birds were gone, moved on everything deep winter by Thanksgiving, you know, and our season, mm. our seasons didn't run much later than that. Anyway, you get yeah. in Southern, you get in Southern Michigan and the seasons run into December, but, you know, it's it's serious winter, and the yeah, further north sure. you go, the more it gets. But I remember moving when I moved to Wyoming. You know, and, and Wyoming winters are no joke, especially no. down on that on that I eighty corridor. That's some serious winter down there. Yeah. And yeah. people were asking me, they're like, "Well, you know, how how you doing with the winter and everything?" And I just kind of laughed. I'm like, "This is like tropical out here." I said, <laughs> "You know, it's." They're like, well, "What do you mean?" I said, "I can see grass." I got, yeah. I got, I got I, there's grass, there's bare ground. I'm like, I'm used to 300 inches of snow every winter, you know. And the only way you get that here is, is you get, you know, up in the mountains and, and, and you get that kind of weather. But that's those great, the Great Lakes. That's they, especially where I grew up, produced nasty weather. I mean, over, oh, well over 200 inches of snow in the winter time, and ridiculous. you can get weeks, weeks of 20 to 30 below where it just. I remember a stretch when I was a kid, the coldest I ever saw was like 50 below. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm, that's, a, that's a kid memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, don't, don't hold me a hundred percent to that. Okay. Somebody's going to be like, well, the cold, actually the coldest recorded temperature in Chippewa County. And it was 40 degrees below zero in 1918, you know, and I'm going to be yeah. like, sorry, I was a kid when this My happened. Bad. I'm remembering this differently, no. but I, all My I remember bad. it was so cold. And this was like a two-week stretch, but it was so cold that the trees in our yard at night would freeze and crack and blow up, like oh explode. God. Yeah, yeah. Like the tree, had, we had one tree that like cracked so badly that it just like big splinters laying in the snow the next day. That's crazy. It was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah. They were. They were big old softwood trees and it had lots of sap in them and that sap froze solid and just the tree just split. Golly. Yeah, it was I not imagine that. It I was not But I remember and then I yeah, and I remember we didn't even cancel school. I mean we just what? Yeah, I just walked to school in the morning. No, bro. No. It was we, different world. Different world. We we've canceled school at the threat of waterline <laughs> <freezing>. <laughs> Like 
it's like, oh, there's a, hey, bro, there was a, there was a forecast. Like, I think it was last year, year before last. I remember watching it and it was, it was like, like it was a certain percentage of like frozen precipitation. Uh-huh. You know, we, that's, that's what we call it down here. We don't call it snow or, I mean, it's sure. icy mix, but it's literally like frozen precipitation. And they're like, there's this chance and this chance and the roads may freeze over. And the next thing you see, like, is the, the little ticker at the bottom of the screen. Uh-huh. And it start it starts listing school closings across the oh state. Oh my and I'm gosh! Like, yeah, and it's at the chance. And then we wake up the next day, and it's gorgeous. There's right. no rain. Always, that's it's always the way it works. Yeah, it's like 30, 33 degrees outside. You're just like, holy cow! They just got the best snow, no snow day ever. Right. And, right. Um, exactly. Yeah. It, no, but it's. I I don't. I mean, we didn't. We got snow days and stuff, but I mean, like when I was in college, it had to be thirty below for them to cancel class. Yeah, and it was like it was like hey, people walk into school, and I mean, you get mm-hmm. drunk college kids that pass out in a snowbank at night and freeze to death. You know, uh, that I was mean, that happened every what, year. What a way to go, though. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know any better. You just don't wake up. No, uh, just not. Okay. Good well. grief! But I felt like that. I've had some dudes that felt like that in the duck blind out here. They thought they were gonna, you know, just freeze to death. I'm like, no, it's only yeah. 15. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. No, you're good. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, you talk to guys around the country and the, and the different conditions that we all hunt in, and, you know, we laugh about, you know, you call it, I'm being tough or whatever, but everybody's got different challenges throughout the season and different hunts. Well, you know, it's like, we don't have any, you know, like you're talking about too much, getting too much water or not enough water and things yeah. like this, right? Or, you know, yep. it can get too cold. It can get too cold out here where... where I'm not putting a dog in the water. You know what I mean? Well, and you, you know, like the other side of that is there's places we hunt that does better with the south wind, like warming up. Right. Because because what it is, it's, it's, it's a spot that we hunt. It's public land. And for whatever reason, I guess it's just because of where it's located, it does better on a southern front because the, the reverse migration of what's already passed. Sure. And those birds, because that's a real thing. You know, I mean, they, they go past you, it warms up, they go back up, and it's way more common down here because the weather's so weird but we get it but we get it here though too you know if we get okay, a chinook okay. if we get a chinook say we'll have you know just the the, the temperature will bottom out and we'll get a bunch of snow and we'll get a, a nice big push of birds from montana mm-hmm. um and they'll be all down here in wyoming and things would be great and then it'll be cold and everything's going good and then the next thing you know you get four or five days of a chinook where it gets warm yeah. Yeah. And both birds will start going back up to Montana, and it's like, hey, yeah, where are you going? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the way it happens. It's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy how that yeah. stuff works. And I think you did you did a a, a spot for and with Onyx. You know, you were talking about hunting with guys from Onyx, and you did a little video that has done really really well for them. And we're oh, yeah. We're obviously we're partnered with Onyx as well on the wingman yes. side of things, and with Eastman's too. And love that product, love those guys. You know they do absolutely, man. It's just cool, just killer deal. But what did you, you know, what was your focus? What when going into making that that project? And I'm kind of tying it back into being flexible because Onyx helps us be super flexible out here. Yeah. I, you know, if I got birds that are doing that reverse migration thing, I can chase them up into Montana and 
man, back in the day, if you didn't have a county plat book, you were doing a lot of door knocking. Yeah, to, to 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 try to get you know figure out who owned what or trying to figure, yeah I had then I had to get permission to to walk back in to check this area out and with man with Onyx I can figure out who owns what helps me yeah. kind of narrow it down and then I don't I don't have to walk a river bottom or a or a back slough or something to figure out okay those birds are dumping in there but you know I don't I don't have time tonight to get back in there to take a look but i can pull it on up on the screen and go well yeah that's why they're in there look at this big oxbow <laughs> you know what i mean i could see all that stuff yeah uh, it's just been revolutionary we we did a video for him too last year with them talking about how i picked this goose blind and this this blind was dude it was cash that was absolute yeah. cash in the bank every time we hunted <laughs> it we crushed them and it was yeah. i was able to i was able to find that spot pulling up onyx and going man that looks that's that the way the river moves right there i was able to zoom them in and going now the the cattle have that all grazed down so it's a great loafing spot but you guys did something different tell me tell me about that so the it started out we actually started one thing like we we, the idea started with something and then we just kind of migrated to something else because it made more sense um but we actually started, our goal was to go up there and kill seven different species of birds. Like right. that was kind of like the, the, the inception, I guess. Um, anyway, we went up there and we did, we shot seven species, you know, of birds. And that was great. But we got up there and it ended up turning into more of a historical thing. Um, because so we hunted the lower Klamath. That was the public property that we hunted over there. Right. And the the history behind the lower klamath is that's actually the very first national wildlife refuge that teddy roosevelt signed into existence and we went into that and then the history of that as well as like uh there's a weird hat thing that goes on that went on there and it basically back in the day people would wear these gaudy hats and you know you know like like southern or i guess it's a it's actually a thing from back in the day but a lot of People around here used to say, "The higher the hair, the closer to God." The bigger the hat. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not even playing, homie. Just, just trust me. I believe me, you. I believe you. Yeah, but, uh, but so, but the, with the hats, it, it was, it was the bigger the hat, the gaudier the hat, the more of a, a um, a like a status symbol, right? Sure. Okay. So I mean, like, I, I, like people put like you know mounted birds on their hats, you know, like stuff like that. Right. Um, Right. It's weird. It's a weird thing, but it's part of the history there. It was cool. Things a lot of people didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, that stuff's that cool though. That stuff is it really is. cool. You get into places like that, and you you start you, you hunt in areas. That's what the ones I love about hunting so much is. It's not just going out chasing birds. If you're you know if if you do it right, you're talking to people in restaurants, and you're talking to business owners, and you're getting you're immersing yourself in the, in the local flavor, local culture a little bit. If yep. you, tra- if you get to travel, you know, and, yep. and even if yep. you don't, you've got local traditions and local stuff. So I, I love that. That story about the big hats. That's, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. That's cool. Like there's a hat museum, you know, really like, like it's a what real town, thing. what town is this? I don't know what town the hat museum's in. Uh, okay. We stayed in Medford, Oregon. Yep, Medford. It, it's a, it's around that area. Um, but yeah, I, cause so they, they filmed the hat segment while I was in Louisiana and the hat segment was the lady that actually runs the museum. 
Um, she was a cool, cool lady, you know, uh, just had a little more infatuation with hats than most people do. Um, but yeah, they filmed that while I was in Louisiana. And then when I got up there, we did the whole lower Klamath thing. And then we kind of brought it together, uh, you know, as a film. Okay. Yeah. It it, it turned out cool. The logistics were, were pretty tight. Like it was a pretty tight schedule. That was the busiest winter I'd ever had. And then like, it just, it it was meant to be, it fit perfect in my schedule. Hey, we can do these days. And that was literally the only like five days that I could get away. Right. And I was like, that's it. So let's go. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the hat museum and then you guys I just found it. I, I found, I found a hat museum and it's this, the one I found on Google. I was doing a little Google jockeying while you were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one that pops up is the hat museum in port. It's in Portland. It's in Portland, Oregon. So I don't Maybe know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if that's the right one or not, but you've got my well, wheels spinning, man. Not that I'm, yeah. I'm probably not headed to Portland anytime soon. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably not. Kind of comfy out here in Wyoming, you yeah, know, where it's yeah. like pretty chill. We pretty much live under a rock, There's you know. A little bit of tension over there. Yeah, you know, I mean, at one point this spring, we our county had more grizzly maulings than we did COVID cases. Mm, so I don't doubt that. Yeah, that's yeah. Wild. I mean, it's we're pretty pretty sheltered out here, which I'm yeah. I'm fine with. But yeah. no, that is that is so cool. And obviously, the so we're gonna. We'll, I'll drop we'll, a little sidebar here. We'll we'll put a link for that video um yeah. in the description and right and we'll put a link for the one that we did in the description so folks can check that stuff out because that that i don't know i really enjoyed watching yours that was one of those yeah. things where i went wow this is really cool I, yeah. I i thought it was a great story and definitely gave me ideas for what we can keep what we can continue to do with wingmen and yeah obviously you know, someday it'd be fun to get you out here in wyoming when it's like 25 degrees below zero and you know Hey, that decoy's drifting away in the slush. Run out there and get that for me, Shoemaker. Hey, I'll tell you this. As long as you tell Salvier to send the warmest thing he's got, because I ain't got it in my closet, I can promise. <laughs> that, I can't handle that. I'll have, I'll have some. Hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, no, but um, what I was saying is about that video, if Wingman did something like that, the thing that people like the most is that it wasn't, a regular like nobody expected that to be a waterfowl video like they'd never expected to see that when they clicked a hunting video right um and they enjoyed it and you know that's one of those chances you take making those type of videos because like that like a lot of people just want to see you know birds getting shot and fall like that's what a lot of people want to see and they saw that but having an actual history lesson that was not your average history lesson was you know i think that's what drew a lot of people to it we, you know, we did the same thing, Wade, with our, with the pheasant video that we did two years ago, where yeah. we, it's like, oh, we can go film a pheasant hunt. Sure. We can go shoot a bunch of ringnecks, you know, and, and kill a bunch of birds and throw some kids in the mix. So it's neat. And we yeah. did that. We did that. But we also told the story of the history of pheasants, especially in Wyoming. Yeah. And dude, that video sitting at like, I want to say something crazy, like 6 million views on Facebook. <laughs> That is wild. Yeah, it's insane. Now my my YouTube views on it are a little ho hum, but I'm, we're trying to figure out the YouTube thing, real honestly. But yeah. dude, Facebook, it's like people just eat it up. They just Super eat it up. They love seeing it, and it's exactly what you just said. They're expecting to see a hunting video, yep. and it is a hunting video. But what they're getting is, and it's a history lesson too. And we threw in a recruitment part 
you know, yep. and it's like stuff like that's cool. I I, it is. I, don't know. I I love putting together videos like that. That's one of the things that that is really fun for us. That for me with the Wingman Project is, it's just you, you start out. We call it don't edit in the field. Yeah. And the guys, Ike and Guy, both. I mean, Mike Eastman start and Gordon, and I mean, we could go into a history lesson just on those guys, but yeah. That's the thing. This, these guys have been in the business for so long, making videos and TV and whatever. But there's that's the, that's the saying around this office: don't edit yeah. in the field. Don't edit in the field. Go out, get capture your. You know, you've got a story. You know, in mind going in, yeah. but allow that thing to morph. Allow that I thing like that. to take its own shape. Where we yeah. get it back in the stu- in the in the uh, you know in the editing suite. And start putting it together, and there's a there may be a completely different story than what yeah. we than what we intended. Yep. And it's yep. I love that I, I I love that you bring home a bunch of footage and a bunch of material, and you sit down, and you start putting it together, and it's like, well, that's not the story we wanted to tell, but this is the story that it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time like that, but it sounds to me like that's like what happened to you guys with that Onyx shoot. Yeah, I, it, it it was wild how it just kind of evolved. Um, I I don't know. I can't I can't tell you how it did. I just know that it naturally just happened. Right. And and we, and they ran with it. So. Man, how much? But how much of life is that right there? Where it's like you. What? How much of life is that right there? Oh, dude, yeah. You know, or you're clipping yeah. along, and you think you're going to be doing this, that, and the other thing, and all of a sudden, geez, I'm a photographer for that makes a living. You know. Oh, dude! Running around well, the country and, doing different stuff, or 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 sitting behind an editing desk when I didn't have a clue, dude. Hey, you know, like I'll tell you, like as like a, a duck hunter, like nineteen, twenty, twenty-two, whatever. You know, like your your dream job is to be a guide. Like most right. most people go through that. I think the majority of duck hunters or waterfowlers go through that stage where they're like, oh man, the guide is the perfect job. They want to be a pro. Yep. They want to be a guide, and then. Anyway, so I, I went through that. I was like, man, that would be super cool. Never got the opportunity. Got to be around it, but never got to do it. And anyway, just to kind of skip through a bunch of stuff, when I started doing the photography thing, now I spend more days at an outfitter with, you know, going on the hunts with the guy doing, you know, I, I run their, their hours. They do different work than I do, and we work together sure, with a lot sure. of things. But now I'm, I'm actually doing that, but in a different capacity, you know? Right. Um. And it's crazy. And I can go ahead and tell you that a lot of the, the 19 to 22, 25, however old they are, that, that want to be a guide, don't really want to be a guide. <laughs> they mm. think they want to be a guide. Mm. Um, boy. Um, yeah. It, it's, it is fun. And it is it is a dream job, but it is a nightmare sometimes. And, man, it's 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 not for the faint of heart. Um, right. Right. But, but, yeah, so in a roundabout way, I got there. I'm just holding a camera instead of, a, a, you know, brush to put in the blind right yeah it's it's crazy and that and that's i think that's what i mean same thing don't edit in the field you know you got a direction you want to go let it go and and do it but be flexible and be willing to change and adapt on the fly and and yeah it's it's crazy to me it's like i don't know i the older i get it's it's to look back at things and go how in the world did that happen it's because right spot right time <laughs> You know, oh man, yeah, absolutely. right spot, right time, and 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 having the intel and having the, I don't say intelligence, but having the, I guess, 
open minded to being open minded enough to just go with it. You know, yeah, well, I, it, I remember when I when I took the when I took the job here and Wingman was just getting started and we were I was a zillion different things and I had good grief, man. My wife was pregnant and we had a little baby and it was like life was insane. I mean, just upside down crazy. And, she, and through all of it, she goes just keep doing it. Just keep going. Yeah. You don't know where, how, where this is going to go, how it's going to end. It was like this opportunity pops up and she looks at me and she goes, I said, what do you think? And she goes, well, nobody's taking your master's degree away from you. You, can, <laughs> you, you know, you can, always go back to, you can always go back to the classroom if you want to continue yeah. teaching. But she's like, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Absolutely, you know, go for man. it. I love that. Here we are, you know, and it's the I same deal that. with, it's the same deal. Brandon Trentham talked about the same thing last week yeah. with, with his photography. It was like kind of, oh, yeah, I kind of got into it. And the next thing you know, I mean, it's a huge part of his life, just like you. Yeah. You it's, and, and, you know, it's wild how natural it happens. You know, you, you know, you talked about having an open mind and that. But to your defense, there is some intelligence that goes along with it. Well, you that's know, awful. That's to, awful sweet of you. Yeah, there, <laughs> there is. I'm here to, I'm here for moral support and then some other stuff, but I appreciate you know, that. Yeah, you're welcome. But no, really it does though, because you have to have like, cause once you get there, even though you are with an open mind and you're just kind of running the race and, you know, without a finish line really. And, and you've got to have the intelligence to stay, you know, to at least hold down what you have. Right. And, and, Those work, and it's a work ethic thing. You know, it it's is. like, it is. well, you just willy nilly go do this. And it's like, yes and no. There's a lot yeah. of work that goes into well, your days. You talk about you're right there in the guide's back pocket, photograph yeah. photographing everything, help telling a story. There's yeah. work that goes into that, you know, yeah, and it's like is. when the day ends for the clients, when the day ends for your average Joe Hunter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about back when I wasn't doing it, wasn't doing it for video or this, that, the other thing. When I was done, I was done at the end of the day. Yep. And now yep. it's like, no, I got a cat, you know, we got to catalog stuff and we've got to oh, yeah. make sure it's the end of the day. It doesn't come until a couple hours after the hunt's over. No, no. And, and my goal is, go ahead. No, no. And they're not all like that, obviously, but it is different. But man, I, yeah. I love it. You know, I, I, it's like, take a passion. If there, if there's a market for your passion, run with it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, and with that, you talked about the hunt being over after it's over, you know, like my goal after the hunt with these guys, I try to edit my photos the same day. Like I'll call them, I'll edit them. And then like that way I don't get behind because if I'm there for 30 days a year and I get behind man, hunt. Dude, I mean, like I'm I'm catching up the rest of the year, and then end up being a week behind. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I can't I can't like I don't do well being behind like that. I don't either. Um, you know, so like for me to be able to stay there, I just kind of I I don't clam up, but I just kind of like crap. Am I ever going to catch up? You know, right, um, right. So that's it, I, you know you got to stay on top of it. And then the other thing to your point with the work ethic, like man, if you willy nilly or you know whatever phrase you want to use there through it there's 900 other people trying to get the same job you have. That's right. Um, you know, I, I run social media for that, for that outfitter too. Uh, and anyway, it's, I don't, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's dry Creek in Texas, dry Creek. Outfitters. Right. Yep. And um, I run their social media as well. And like, we get messages from other photographers and other guys that are wanting to, you know, 
do what I do, basically. They don't know me. They don't, right. you know, I don't know right. them, but I, I get the message and I screenshot it. I send it to the guy that runs the place and I'm not going to hold them back. But at the same time, it's a, re, it's a reality check. Like, hey, there are people going for what you do, whether they know you or not. And Absolutely. So you've got to keep doing what you're doing and do better as you go. Um, and I think that's, I think that's true of any, not just, yeah. not just the waterfall space or no, the outdoor no, no. industry. I think everything. that's true of anything, you know, yep. when you take your foot off the gas and you start coasting in your job, guess what? Yep. There's three other people standing there waiting for it. You at know? least three other people. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I, no, you're right. It's just life, man. It's just kind of the way it is, but that makes what we, what we get to get out and do on the weekends or oh, if we man. can get away during so the week, that makes it so much sweeter. You yeah. know, you get lost in the moment and, watching birds work man i had a morning last year where i took a couple dudes out that i didn't know one guy i know pretty well from church another fella i'd never i mean i had met him but it was just one time and we were kind of feeling our feeling each other out and there's as a youth component to it it's part of a youth organization and trying to see how we could help each other out you know yeah and basically how basically how i we with wingmen could could help these guys out mentoring these kids and different things like that and just happened to be i my kid the intern here was like you i'm free i can go in the morning if you want and i was like no this is <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be networking you know this is kind of a networking deal just a hunt yeah. i said i don't know i said birds have been pretty scarce and dude i don't know where they came from but <laughs> We filled a three-man limit on a three-man three on on greenheads in like ten minutes, and it was just it was insane. And I'm like, no, don't shoot, you know, because a lot of times we'll get birds that they'll give you a look going by on the river, but there's so much real estate that they'll just they'll make a swing over your decoys. So it's like you shoot a lot of birds that are kind of decoying, you know. Yeah, yeah. But not right now. Flaps down, gonna land right. You know, if you did that, you man, you'd struggle to fill to shoot to fill yeah. limits because there's yeah, you just don't all do that. But no, this day, this day, it was like, dude, flaps down. Mm. Just they wanted to be right where we were sitting, and it was, mm. it was, and it was insane. And I didn't have a camera. Mm. I did not have a camera. We did not get it on tape. And the guys were great. They're great dudes. Had great camaraderie. We sh birds did it right, and just like man, part, part of that was part of that is I look back at that, and that was a great hunt because the pressure of the camera wasn't there. Yep, we could just yep. sit, just regular dudes out there enjoying time together in a blind hunting, and that's that's what it's all about. At the yeah. end of at the end of the day, that's yep. what it's all about. Yeah, and when you when you bring a camera out there and you don't know some of the guys, they're they're a little bit a little more tense because they're scared they're going to do something they shouldn't or absolutely get a you know a bad photo or a bad angle on them or something. Right, right. You know, yeah, I just good, I know? try to tell guys all the time like just just have fun, yeah. just have fun. You just just like we're just hunting, just have yep. just have fun. You know, because at the end of the day, I mean, I love this, but if this all went away tomorrow, I'd still be hunting yeah. ducks and geese Absolutely. this fall oh, i'm yeah, still gonna be out there getting it done you you would probably hunt more than you do now because you, would, <laughs> <laughs> you know I yes know. I mean, I, it's pretty funny i don't i don't hunt near as much i'm in the field more than i've ever been but i don't hold a gun near as much as i used to sure and you know that's 
that's different too because i'll be honest i'm a photographer but i like i'm like i i still like to grab my gun before i grab my camera and right right i don't maybe maybe i'll graduate to camera first one day but um it until then you know uh i'm, I'm gonna keep grabbing my gun yeah uh, i we the different camera guys here they're they're all they're all killers they're all hunters yeah. you know, and yeah. they get it and we got dan picard who's i mean the dude's go-getter for big game He's, he is on, he is unreal. I mean, that beyond the beyond the grid series that we've got, we, he's going to, we're going to drop some videos here in the next couple of weeks from last year that are going to blow your mind. He had, okay. he had an elk hunt here last year, dude. That was, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was unbelievable. And he spends, he kills it all fall long. You know, he's out chasing, chasing stuff down with a bow and arrow. And then he's an awesome camera guy he got yeah. his start in the outdoor industry filming waterfowl hunts that was wow. what he got that's kind of what he got started doing yeah and so you know we've got we're, we're lucky because we got some great talent behind the camera to help I film so. but yeah. he's the same way man we, there's he's always like all right everybody got a limit my turn and it's like he <laughs> hand that camera over to somebody else and I it's like it. Get me in the pit. I want to shoot some birds, you know? I love that. Yeah. 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 He's he's always the last one. When the camera gets shut off, he's always the one doing, you know, get then he's getting his limit, you know? I love it doesn't that, always man. work out that way. No. But, yeah. But when yeah. it's good, it's good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's been multiple hunts where it was like, here, take this camera. It's my turn. You know? Yeah. And he mops up the last five birds because we have, you know, that's where, those are his. So yeah, I love that man. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. No doubt, but well, what do you got coming up this year? What's on the docket man. for Wade Shoemaker? Oh, I'll be in Texas most of the year again. Um, okay, that takes up a lot of my season. And you're with Dry um, Creek. You're with Dry Creek when you're down there. Yeah, in Wichita Falls. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, I've been. This will be my third year with them. Um, and I actually have a call with him later today, uh, discussing some of the things that's going to, you know, basically just kind of a update. Here's where we're headed. Here's the direction we're going. It's getting to be uh, that time of year, man. It's it time. Is, it is. It's like time to start talking about stuff and getting stuff around. Yeah. Calendars are the calendar becomes my, uh, I look at my calendar as much as I do, you know, my phone, which I guess yeah. my calendar's on my phone, but you get what I'm saying. I do. I um, do. But anyway, I, I I start seeing a lot more dots about this time of year, um, but that's, that's what's going on, man. I mean, I'll be there most of the year. And then, I mean, man, really that fills up my whole deal. Um, I'm over there in September for dove. And then I'm over there in December and January for duck. And whew, thankfully, uh, you know, I love that waterfowl is 60 days, but I like, I like coming home every now and then. Right. And getting a few hunts with friends. But uh, but yeah, man, as far as work goes, I'm going to be in Texas mostly. And then there'll be some other little odd jobs here and there. Uh, but for the most part, that's going to take up my my entire work workspace. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That'll be that. That's fun. You know, I, I would imagine that balancing family because you're your family, man. Right. Yeah. Two, two boys. Their father, two boys. Yeah. Two boys. Yeah, and, boys, and then I've I've been married since 2011. So. Oh, good for good for you, good for yeah, you. Man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I got two little girls and a, and, a, and a little boy on the way, and 
today is my wife and I's seventh anniversary. Heck so, yeah, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Happy, and happy seven. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank man. you. Yeah, it's that balancing act, you know, with, with kids mm-hmm. and with, I don't, you going to Texas to do that stuff is probably hard to get your kids out in the blind, but yeah. man, I get my kid, I get, I get my girls in the blind as much as I can. And my wife likes to hunt too, but you know, when it's 10 below zero, she's like, nah, <laughs> not yeah. so. when we get a warm one and I'm like, yeah, waterfall in Wyoming and warm weather. It doesn't work too great. Usually. No, but. no, no. I, I put opening week, opening weekend, I schedule no work. Like I've, no matter what, I've, I've never worked opening weekend. And that is, that's set aside like Thursday through Sunday is opening weekend for me. I'm scouting Thursday and Friday. Right. And then um, Saturday's opening day. And I, hunt, I use that to hunt with the guys that I've hunted with since 2005. That's and cool. we try to get together and cause we don't get to hunt a lot. Like whether it's their job or my job, like we don't get, we hardly ever hunt. And I, w- last year we started it to where, I hunted with those guys, and I hadn't hunted with that group of guys together in probably six or eight years. And we got together, we had a good time, and then the second day of the season is what we call our family hunt. And then I hunt with, like, my dad, my grandpa. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, And then my uncle hunts with us, my dad's best friend, my best friend. And then uh, this year I'm taking my – he'll be four, but I'm taking my oldest son with us this year. Um. So it'll be his first real duck hunt. Cool. And uh, he's excited about it. Uh, Mama's not so excited about it. Yeah, and, but... Yeah, she's not pumped. Uh, but, you know, she, she knows that it's coming. And it, it, it's, you know, it's inevitable in our house that he's going to be out there. So Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's for sure his hunt there. And then, uh, you know, in between Texas, I'll try to fill in some other days with him. But that is tough, man. Work-life balance is a real thing. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really admire that you set that time aside and just make that family's time happen. You know, I, I live a long ways from family out here. Um, we don't have anybody. I think our closest family is in, we've got some, we have some, um, nieces and I, my couple sets of in-laws not very far away in, in, in here in Wyoming, but that's it. Everybody else is like back in the Midwest and you don't get to see them very often. You know, so wow. last year it was kind of like I sacrificed a, a few days in the field here to go back to Iowa to do, you know, Christmas mm. time and, and, and family stuff. Well, this year it's my turn to host yeah. Christmas. And so right. family will be out here and we'll be hunting ducks and geese, That's you great. know, God willing. And uh, oh yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Good, I, look, I look forward to that time. We had a, you know, we had a, a day last year where we all a bunch of us took our girls out and we all got little girls and we took them out on a a warm day but the geese were still flying and dude it was the best hunt of the year (laughs) we had those kids out and it was uh it was it was epic and and that's Uh, actually that's actually going to be an episode um from last year we've got that coming out um we leaked a little bit of footage from it that was uh if you saw that that video of my dog of Mackinac going up that cliff to get a goose. Yeah. That was that hunt. That, oh, that was, okay. that was that hunt. That'll and so good, it should be really cool. We, we laid down some neat stuff and yeah, it's one that, that we talk about a lot. So I love that. I, I'm, 
I'm fortunate. My dad lives 90 seconds from my house. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and then my mom is like 15 minutes the other way. My grandparents are eight minutes another way. Like, But, you know, we live in pretty rural little town, like, right. just like you guys do, except we're not as spread out. Sure. Um, but anyway, it, yeah, everybody's right here. Um, and it's, it's a little bit different deal. I get to see them pretty regular. So hunting, right. it's not like, you know, it's our once a year that we get to see each other kind of thing. We sure, we really sure. just get in the blind and make fun of each other the entire morning. There's, that's, and, that's what it's all about, yeah. man. That's, <laughs> that's what it's all, all about. Eating those honey buns and drinking coffee yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Maybe a peach it. fizz rain or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of caffeine consumed that weekend because I have zero sleep from Thursday. I bet. I bet. I bet. You know, I love it and would would not trade it for – I wouldn't trade any of those days for a good night of sleep. Not a chance. No, me neither. Me neither. You know, you get get to the end of season, and I remember last year my wife was was pregnant. My wife gets really sick when she gets pregnant. And she was was pretty newly pregnant because we got our – God willing, my son will arrive in a few weeks here, you know, sometime the end of August, first part of, of September. And that's perfect, man. I'm stoked. It's a little, I'm cutting it it close to archery elk season, man. I'm not going to lie. I think we're going to be okay, but she gets, she gets super sick when she gets pregnant. I mean, super sick, like bedridden kind of stuff. And a lot of stuff falls on, on daddy. You know, I gotta, I gotta step up. And, and, you know, it's not just the nine to five, go to work, come home. And that's my day. You know, there's a lot of other stuff involved, which rightly yep. so. Yep. And, uh, she looked at me and, you know, and I'm cramming in hunts like crazy on the weekends, you know, just going like, going like a machine and yeah. it got to be February. And it was like, I think it was the last week of goose season. Yeah. And she goes, I'm going to be so happy when goose season is over. Uh-huh. I said, why is that? She said, because then I can actually see you get some sleep. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was just, you know, you're just going, 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 getting yeah. stuff and done. You're, you're running on adrenaline. I mean, yeah. you really are. And caffeine, yeah. but adrenaline too. Yeah. And it, you know, it kind of gets, you kind of get in just a groove where mm-hmm. you're just, you're just operating, you know, it's yeah. like Monday you're doing your, you're doing your day job, you know, you're working like crazy, getting, making, in my case, making sure magazines get out and stuff is edited and, and helping the, helping the, the, the digital department get stuff done and making sure that I'm meeting my contract requirements for wingmen and social media and blah, 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 blah. And then getting some scouting in or working with my buddies around here that talking to them. So we got good hunts coming up and then it's like Saturday, Sunday, you're grinding, you know, yeah. and, and, and yeah, trying to get in hunts during the week when you can, you know, you get, you get that phone call, man, I got a, I got a oh, hot, dude. I got a hot melt. You better yeah. get over here oh, and you yeah. rounding everybody up and scrambling, you know, but oh, dude, I, I dropped my son off at school at like 8 a.m. in the mornings when he, you know, when school was actually a thing and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would leave the school because it's it, the school is six minutes from my house. Sure. And I would leave the school. I would come hook up to my boat. Like I would show up to his school dressed to go hunting. Oh yeah, that's my boat. That's a normal. That's a normal thing in Wyoming. Yeah, that's just oh, part yeah. of life. Oh, I got. Yeah, I mean, people they're not used to like 
duck like duck hunting is a thing, but like my age bracket, dropping my kid off at school, most people are going to work. And right. Right. I'm in these hunting clothes like almost every day. And anyway, I, I come hook up to my boat and I drive to the, the closest public public land that we can hunt. And me and a buddy would hunt from like 10 to 1. And then I would come back home and uh, just hang out, you know, like you, you got to fit that in when you can. And yeah, uh, man, those 10, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. hunts were some of the nicest, like laid back, slow hunts that, that I had like the entire year. And when the birds do it right. Oh, when they man. when they trickle in, you know, if you're getting singles or pairs or small groups, and it's not fast, super fast and furious, man, you remember those hunts all I year it. long, because Dude, it's I, it's yeah, I love those ones. Yeah. No, it's good. We hunted that place like two or three days in a row, and then it was we hunted like a Wednesday or a Thursday and Friday. I can't remember, but we hunted it like two or three days in a row, and then Saturday came and it was supposed to be a cold front coming through like a good one, like one that should push birds down, not just sure. be cold here. Sure. And we got there and it was daylight and we're patching up these, the, these kids waiters. It was my buddy's nephews. Nice. And they borrowed waiters and we're throwing flex seal on them, you know, cause they found the leak that morning. Absolutely. And about nine, nine thirty, we had shot like seven, six or seven birds. And it was like a mixed bag with like a mallard or two. And my buddy, uh, Jeff, I've known him since kindergarten. He, he's like, hey, look, we're going to take these boys back to the boat ramp. There ain't no sense in them struggling to, you know, not be sick. Uh, so we got right. the boat. I took them to the boat ramp. I came back, and we're talking about a, like probably a 10-minute, you know, ETA there and back, a round sure. trip. Get there. As soon as I park the boat, I look up, and my buddy Shaq is holding this this mallard above his head just going, yee-yee, you know, like rednecks do. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, so I yee back at him, and I got I got out of the boat and ran, and I get in the and where we're hunting, and uh, well, I, I call it just our that's not our blind, but where we chose to hide, I guess. Is sure, the way to put sure. It. And hey, it was ten thirty or it was tenish, and that's when we usually got out there. Well, about t- little at, right at ten, the, it was like a switch flipped, and we went from like six ducks with a mallard to twelve greenheads and our other other few ducks that were there. That's awesome. Like, we pulled up to the ramp. Game board was there waiting. We get checked almost every everywhere, every boat ramp that we launch at because it's just sure. so easy. And we pull up, and I've got either that or they, either that or they've got something figured out. One of the two, Wade. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, well, they're not watching me. I can I can tell you. But but anyway, we get up there, and um, man. The Shaq, my buddy, he's got his four green heads in his boat. He pulls up and he's talking to the game warden. And then me and the other guy, Chandler, that's in my boat, we pull up and I've got mine covered up. We've got our eight covered up with a jacket. Sure. And uh, you can only shoot four down here, mallards. And we got them covered up with a jacket because there's other people out there. You know, we don't want them. It's public land. You just, it's kind of right. polite. You don't want people to know. Yeah. And anyway, we'll pull up and the guy's like, crap, now we got to tell you, we got to show him. And anyway, so I pulled the thing open and he goes, huh? Well, how'd y'all do that? <laughs> nice. Yeah, and because and, it hadn't been, it was just one of those days, you know, the, the day before wasn't good. We hunted the day after. It wasn't great. It, we were just there at the perfect time. And he was like, well, I ain't, you know, I ain't seen that many matters come out of here in a while. And I go, oh, well, you know, we just, we had big groups working and we didn't shoot into the real big ones. And we shot when the ones we wanted were good enough to shoot. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, okay. Anyway, we covered them back up. And uh, this other boat pulls up, 
and we got our, our ducks covered up because the game warden's done seen it. He, you know, we checked the things he needed to check, and yeah, exactly. two guys pull up, and he said, hey, have y'all, y'all been doing any good? And game warden said, no, man, I ain't seen a whole lot happen out here. And we just <laughs> looked at him, and we just, we just we nodded at him, and we just loaded the boats up and went on. He didn't, he, he, he kept it secret for us, thankfully. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, that's the kind of guys you want to run into for sure. Yeah, but, no kidding. No yeah, kidding. But anyway. It, those, oh, that's those cool. Weekday hunts. Yeah, those weekday hunts turn into something special sometimes. So man, it's nice. It's uh, nice, and and I'm so blessed, so blessed to be able to pull that off. You know, and yeah, man, and have the flexibility to do that because that wasn't always the case. I mean, that I didn't. This this is. I remember weekend. You know, weekends were all you had, and really, you only mm-hmm. had Saturday because. Yep. If you went to church on Sunday morning, you hunted Sunday mm-hmm. afternoons. You know. Yeah. And or no, right. you know, and when I was when I was coaching basketball, on top of that, I didn't get Saturdays. We played games on Saturdays, you know. Oh, so you're man. looking at one day a week, one afternoon a week to hunt, and mm-hmm. it, whether there's birds or not, you go out and get after it and see what you can do. Yeah. You know, that's and, right. Man, that's man right. I remember growing up as a kid too. You know, dad working like crazy and hunting on the weekends, and we had some good hunting in. Kind of, it's a lot like Saskatchewan, uh, the upper the eastern end of the Upper Peninsula is real similar to that, as far as the type of country and having birds early in September and October. Yeah, uh, and man, I remember a lot of hunts where you sat on a beaver pond and you shot a wood duck drake because that was the only thing you saw, you know. And, yeah. and it was like okay, and I, yeah, you know, and then I remember hunts too where. I remember the first time I sat under a tornado of mallards, you know, and it was, it was in October. It was the night after school. I was like 12, 13 years old. We were hunting beaver flooding and man, there had to be, I think back on it now, there had to be a couple thousand ducks in that beaver, in that beaver flooding. And you're talking a spot half the size of a football field. Yeah, that's crazy. And they're just tornadoing down. You're standing on the edge of it in hip boots, you know, Mm. And shooting, shoot, trying to pick out green heads, doing the best you can. You're 13 years old, you know. Flock shooting the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, crazy. I you know, I think back at that and then <laughs> having the ability to put my dad now, you know, who mm. did that for me when I was a kid, having him be able to put him on, you know, a couple hunts. We had a hunt two years ago. Oh, dude, it was up by, it was, it was in Montana. And we did it. We shot. We shot two limits that day. We shot um, shot a limit of geese, and we shot, yeah. we shot. Then then the ducks, I don't know what happened, but the ducks just decided to show up out of the blue. And mm. we sat there and shot a limit of greenheads. Mm. And a piece. They're talking like eight dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah, we you had, can't beat that. It was unreal. I mean, we're sitting mm. there with like 100 birds. Damn near. You know, darn near. It was, it was like, <laughs> how does this? Holy crap. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he just looked at me. I remember we went we went home that, that evening, you know, that afternoon we're driving home and he looks at me and goes, That's the best waterfall hunt I've ever had in my life. I said, and Well you, and you felt great. <laughs> absolutely. I was on cloud nine, man. Absolutely. Oh, man, man. That's uh, just so so fortunate to get to do what we love, you know, and, and um well other than Texas, what else I mean, and your you have any other plans? I mean 
did COVID throw a wrench in anything for you? Uh, a couple of things. I mean, like there was some, a couple of clients that kind of, we, we, that backed off and it looks like in the fall we'll pick back up as far as like, um, you know, social media stuff and, sure. um, you know, and th there was like, like COVID didn't really mess up much of my photography stuff. Um, mainly because the, the only thing it did mess up was me going to Texas for Turkey and uh, a little bit of fishing stuff. But sure. I mean, man, I mean, I don't, I don't ever really schedule. It's weird because I'm getting to a point now where it's starting to merge or mesh into my summer. Like I'm starting to slowly pick up things uh, sure. throughout that season. Right. Um, but I w I'm so waterfowl heavy and so, I guess, foul heavy is the best way to put it, that um, after about March, April, like I'm, I'm pretty well just like coasting until, you know, September, August, September. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it messed up a little bit. There was a lot of things that have come up and, you know, they're like, Hey, look, um, when COVID's over, like I, I haven't approached these people. Some of these people have approached me and they're like, look, when, when COVID's over, we want to talk about this, this, and this. It's like, okay, sure. cool. But, um, you know, which you, know, you got to take a lot of that with a grain of salt too, but um, oh, absolutely. absolutely, you know, there's, but you know, COVID's still here. So I don't, I don't yeah. know if that'll ever come to fruition. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. We were talking about it this morning in, a, in our staff meeting, and it's like talking, kind of, kind of getting the feel like what's what's new normal going to look like? Yeah, you know, and, oh, and man. even even here, I mean, yeah. and, and you don't you go around grocery shopping or you go do stuff here in Wyoming, it, you, people aren't wearing masks. You know, I mean, yeah. a, few, a few people do, a few yeah. people, do, but there's an awful lot of people who are like, you know, I'm over it, and I'm not going yeah, well, to do it, and. That's their choice. You know, if you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't, Absolutely. okay. But yeah. it's definitely different. <laughs> Looking, moving forward, it's like, whoa. Yeah. This, this yeah. is different. This is different. But it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And yeah, it's same for us. We didn't lose it. We didn't, our, our turkey plans got turned on their head, man. We ended yeah. up, we, that was bad. But yeah. Yeah, same thing. Fall, fall's looking normal so i'm i'm I'm, yeah. hoping, I'm hoping it will be and hoping things are good but yeah well i got one more question. yeah what you got yeah now i got one more question for you dude and then i'm gonna let you go because i know you you got stuff to get taken care of today but yeah, i'm always i'm asking this question to everybody that's on okay if you could only hunt one bird for the rest of your life what's it gonna be and how are you gonna do it mallard in the flooded woods Mallard in the flooded timber. Yeah, real timber, not not buck brush, not trees, <laughs> not, not trees on the edge of a field with a with not a, a beaver field, pond. A, not a beaver pond. I'm talking standing by an oak tree that's 45, 50, 60 years old, 100 years old, and looking at a at a tree in front of you or two trees that have fallen from either age, tornadoes, lightning, whatever. And you're shooting birds falling out of a canopy, falling through a canopy hole, you know, at, at 20 yards max. And you're shooting them eye level, uh, almost like time has stopped because they're sitting still in the air trying to, you know, got that, that oh crap moment that they right. knew they messed up when the guns come out from around the tree. And uh, that would be it. There's no, that's, that's an easy, easy, easy answer for me. Now, I've never said under tornado mallards in a field. So I can't tell you that is the absolute best way to do it, but what I've done in my life so far, that that is the best way to do it. Oh, that's cool. 
you paint quite yeah. a picture there, man. That's uh, <laughs> I've 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 not haunted mallards in the timber the way you just described. You, I, you I never you need to do that. I know, I know. It's one of those things. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. Trust me, but it's you know obviously the the, the beaver ponds and the, like you said, mm-hmm. flooded buck brush or you know stuff like that. I've done that. And it's like, well, it's same. Uh, the way you just it's described not, it, it's not the same. And, yeah, and, and and that's why I did that because people call it timber, and it's like I've seen people say like, "Oh, this is Kansas timber, or this is so and so timber." No, man, that is bushes with water. <laughs> that is bushes. Yeah, oh, and you know, I'm not. I mean, it is fun. I'm not. I've, I've done that. Right. You know. Right. There, it is. It is not the same. There is no comparison when you're talking about that niche of hunting style. Right. And uh, and man, I it, it's my favorite. And, you know, I, I I'll go and I'll tell you this and I'll, I, I can finish the answer with this. I will go sit in the woods, leaned up against a tree to shoot. You know, say there's three guys. I'll go shoot six mallards with those three guys leaning up against a tree before I'll go to a more open area in a field and shoot 18 birds. Sure. Like it's just that experience. And especially if they do it right, we. We landed the very last day of duck season. We hunted the woods, knew there was rain, like thunderstorms in the forecast, but it was the last day. The water was perfect for this hole we had marked like five years ago. And we go to this spot. Water is absolutely perfect, shin deep. Uh, it had been there for a couple of days. So we, the leaves had sank. We knew it was good to go. Sure. Um, and we're sitting there in the rain, cloudy as all get out. And that's not very productive for a a flooded timber hunt you don't okay it's just you know it just doesn't work yeah you can kill them but that's not you know best best case scenario is clear skies sunny and you know a, a decent wind where you can figure out which way they're going to land so you can sure. figure out where to get sure. on the canopy hole so anyway we went out there in this storm and i'm talking we're getting poured on like throwing decoys out in the rain um phones are in our waterproof pockets like it's it's just not very uh um, what's the word? We're just not super excited about killing our twelve mallards, right? Sure. We know not a lot of optimism there. floating around in the air. No, that's the word. Not a lot of optimism floating around. And and man, look, we we ended up we ended up landing, you know, our dozen mallards that we could have shot. And they broke the trees and in the thunderstorm, and all three of us, we just watched them. Like we didn't we didn't shoot at them. They broke the trees, backpedaled, you know, through the canopy. We were just like, holy crap, they really did this in the thunderstorm because it was the last day of season. You know, we just were there to enjoy it. Wow. And had had that happened in a different setting, we would have shot at those birds and we wouldn't have enjoyed it near as much. Sure. You know, um, so, yeah, that long answer to that that short question, that is without a doubt what I would do for the rest of my life if if I could. Well, that's cool. That's really, really cool. I, I appreciate you sharing that with with us and and the the way you paint that pictures, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. I, I can hear those wings backpedaling, and I yeah. can see it. I no doubt. But we'll have to see if we can uh, share some hunts maybe sometime in the future. Maybe I can get get me out there and we'll get in a timber Absolutely. hole with you and get you out here in a in a stubble field and let 10,000 mallards land on your head and see what you think about that, you know, but yeah, yeah, cool. That's the best thing about waterfowl. You know, there's so many ways to do it. There's so many different birds to pursue. 
there's so many, man, there's, there's generalists in waterfowl that are, you know what? I'm just, I'm a waterfowler. Yep. I don't care if it's, I'm shooting geese, ducks, doesn't matter what type. That's I'm a waterfowler. Then there's a dude that are like, I am a mallard, green timber <laughs> mallard hunter, you know? Yeah. And there's dudes who are like, I hunt honkers. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's crazy. You get the guys that are, that are ate up over snows or torn up on cranes, you know? And yeah, there's so many different ways to do it and birds to pursue that. I love it. Yeah. I love no, it. I, I love it all, but there are favorites for sure. No, no doubt. Well, Wade, I really appreciate you taking some time. I thought I heard a little voice there in the background. I'll let you get back to dad duties and, uh, <laughs> Man, I, I hope this isn't the last one of these we do. We're sitting here staring an hour and 29 minutes in the face. It's like, man, where did that go? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, didn't see that. Okay. No, me neither. Me neither. But this was this was a lot of fun, and I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for, for having me and letting me, letting me uh, blow some hot air towards you. Oh, anytime. It was great having you, and look forward to hearing from you again soon. Heck yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right.